What's up, Table Family? Huh. Okay, that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got. That's, that's all I heard. First off, I just want y'all to know, I got engaged this weekend. <laughs> Shout out to my boo thing right over there. <laughs> yeah, so I am so, so excited to be here today. If you guys have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Luke. 22 verse 42. That's the text that we're going to be in for today. Um, but I'm going to set us up a little bit. So first I'm going to tell a little story about myself. It may be a little long-winded, but I want you to have context of who I am. And then we're going to get into God's word. And then I got three questions for y'all that I think is going to be helpful and help us kind of digest what we just heard. Is that okay? All right. Now, if it's your first time here, like I just said, we're so excited that you are here. Um, if you are a regular, we're so excited that you are here. We love you. I just want to let you know that I love you. I feel like God has a special plan for your life. And I feel like for the next 30 to 35 minutes, I would like to kind of speak into that and see how God works within that. Amen? Amen. All right. So, just a disclaimer, first time I've ever spoke from platform by myself. So, my business if I make a mistake. <laughs> Anyways, so... Everybody knows that I'm a rapper, right? Everybody knows that I'm a rapper, but not a lot of people know why I'm a rapper, right? So my mission when I was a rapper was to depict the Christian lifestyle, good, bad, and ugly. Yes, yes, yes. That was part of the reason why. But to understand, to truly understand part of the reason why I desire to become a full-time rapper, that was, that was my, uh, one of the things I was trying to pursue, we have to go back to 2005 and 2006. Right? We got to go back to 2005, 2006 when I got the best, um, and to set this up, um, I just want to talk about the time I got the best and worst advice ever in my life. And I remember a friend of mine was just like, hey, we should go to the movies. I was like, okay, cool, let me ask my mom. So I went to, the, uh, I went to my mom, hey, mom, can we go to the movies? No. Okay. So, hey, uh, I can't go to the movies. He said, um, why? Because my mom said no. He said, uh, so? <laughs> <laughs> I'm Haitian. All right? Just to give you a little context, my Caribbeans out there, my, my Spanish people, you understand. If they say no, it's no, right? So he just like, so? I was like, so? And I said, no. And he's like, um, well, what's the worst that she could do? Hit you? <laughs> and then that's when I realized, if you're willing to accept the consequence, you can do whatever you want. And that, my friend, was the best and worst advice I ever got to this point in my life. Because I, at that point, made a decision. I said, okay, my two fars are two things. I don't want to go to jail, so I ain't going to go that far. And I'm not going to have sex, because my mom always told me sex is for marriage, and I want to keep that. I was like, you know what? I want to try to keep that for my wife, so I want to kind of try to keep that. So I don't want to go too far. But anything else in between, it's fair game. <laughs> it's fair game. So here I am, 2005, 2006, walking in freshman year school. I am just excited. This is like, I feel like most people had this moment when they went to college. I feel like this is where you kind of felt like you had the freedom to kind of do what you want to do. Me, I got it a little early. It was, it was a little early. But so at this point, I'm like, okay, I get into uh, get into school. I'm doing football. I didn't have the best grades. I was just messing around, didn't really go to class, cut class, whatever the case may be. And at the end of the year, I got my report card. <sighs> Dan, do the damage. I had an A plus in gym though. Was it gym? <laughs> I had a 0.867 GPA. 
to gra- give you context, to graduate, to leave freshman year, you needed 25 credits. I initially had seven and a half. They, co- they corrected it to 10. I don't know how I got it, but I didn't ask, right? So I had got myself in this position where um, I was like, okay, he, he, I took that a little too far. <laughs> had a little bit too much fun. But everybody was kind of already projecting me as uh, I already had this image, and I felt like the guidance counselors, my teachers, my mom, my parents, nobody believed that I would graduate on time. So it kind of put, put this void in me. It felt this, I felt like this, a little bit of a void, and like I felt sad because nobody believed in me. So I was just like, you know what? I'm going to channel all of that energy, Kobe number eight. I'm going to bl- mamba mentality, and I'm going to do this, right? So I wound up graduating on time. Okay, you can take that down, Dan. Um, <laughs> I am not my past, okay? So, <laughs> so essentially, mama mentality, um, oh, I totally lost my spot. So mama, <laughs> mama mentality. So yeah, so I winded up graduating on time and after high school, I kind of had a chip on my shoulder because I felt like nobody believed me and I was able to do this. So um, essentially, I came into rap. And I came into music, and in music, I was actually really good, right? So I was above average in music. Everybody was kind of telling me, hey, I like what you're doing, I like how you do it. Like, anything I said, it was just like, oh, this is amazing. So I'm just like, okay, I like this. And I'm just like, I never felt this. Like, in in, in high school, in school, I was always below average. But now, all of a sudden, I'm above average. So I'm just like, yes, like, whoo, and I'm doing this for God at this point. So I'm just like, yes, this is my calling. I'm walking in my gifts. God, please make this full time. Like, I want to be full time. Like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. So fast forward, so now that we have context for who Josh is, fast forward to two years ago before, when I get the opportunity to come down here. So I get the opportunity to come down to Florida. Um, The eight years prior to that, I was just studio, no friends, punting my 20s, literally didn't go out, didn't care, studio every night, just working, 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 working. And I got to this point, when I I came down to Florida, I had one goal and my intention was to become a full-time rapper. Finally find a way to kind of, to realize that dream of being a full-time rapper. At this point, I had been working in the automotive industry, worked my way up into finance, and I was able to kind of subsidize and invest a lot of money into music, um, more money than I ever made even to this point, to this day. And I was just like, man, okay, like I, I don't have any other opportunities. I didn't go to college. I don't have no fallback. My parents ain't gonna give me money. I have to figure this out. I want this to happen. I feel like this is what's supposed to happen. So I'm in Florida and um, I I hit Google. Google churches, First Baptist Orlando pops up. I'm at First Baptist Orlando. I find Table and then essentially Table had this thing called life groups, right? So we're going to a life group. Now back then our life groups were like 25 people. They were really big. There's a lot of people in life group. But so essentially I remember one night (laughs) I'm actually sitting at Isaac's old apartment (laughs) and we're in life group and these guys and girls and we separate and essentially what happens is we're in a circle and everybody's talking about uh, and and they're just like we're going to go around a circle and we're going to talk about how's our soul, what, how can we be praying for you, and how's our heart? Now you can imagine me. I didn't say nothing in the moment, a true story, I haven't even told anybody this. I haven't said nothing in the moment, but I got in the car and I'm just like, God, what are you doing? I came down here to try to advance my career and you got me with these people, I love them, but you got me with these people talking about how's my soul? I say, why can't I just get what I want, right? 
Case in point, second story, um, I had some credit card debt because um, I had to take on some debt before I came down here, never had debt in my life, but then credit card debt, worst type of debt, they call you every day. Um, I don't want to ruin my credit, so I'm picking up the phone every time they call, say, hey, uh, Joshua, uh, uh, it's Joshua Celestin. Yes, this is. Um, uh, just want to let you know that you have a past due balance of 93.87. Yes, I know. Okay, uh, would you like to make a payment today? No. Uh, can we ask you why you would like to make a payment today? No. Right? And I would hang up the phone and I would get upset with God, like, God, I structured my money the proper way before and I tried to do this and this, but it's not working out. Why can I get what I want? Right? And then essentially, here's the, here's the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. I was looking for a job and it was like multiple months just kind of looking for a job, couldn't find anything, putting resumes out, couldn't find anything. And essentially, I was like, okay. I'm gonna have to do what I don't wanna do and I'm gonna have to go back into the car business to try to make some money. So I get into the car business, kid you not, put in my, put in my uh, uh, resume, kinda got interviewed on the spot, started on Monday. And I'm just like, okay, here we go. So I walk in on Monday and I already don't really know how I feel and I, I know I'm not happy. And so I get there and I'm talking to this one guy, this one guy, Jose, he's just like, yeah, hey, Poppy, like, how you doing? I'm just like, yeah, I'm doing good, man. And then he just starts talking and he's like this really cool guy and we just starts talking about like, um, the fact that like, hey, yeah, we shouldn't, you know, we shouldn't waste all our time just in the car business, you know? We, like, we gotta chase our passions and stuff. I'm just like, dog, don't, 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 don't. And he's just like, yeah, so this, this is what broke me. He, he said, I'm sitting in my desk and he's sitting at his desk and I'm faced the other way. And he's just like, yeah, so tell me, tell me what you've been up to. What, what were you doing before this? And tears just start, I feel like the warm tears just start welling up in my eyes. And I am angry. I am frustrated. I am upset. God, I've done all of these things. I've tried to set myself the right, set up myself the right way. Why can't I get what I want? And I wonder if any of you all feel this way, but I'm sure y'all don't. It's just me. I'm sure y'all don't feel this way, right? Anybody within the last three months had a desire? Can, can I see a raise of hands for my brave people? Okay. All right. Anybody within the last three weeks had a desire? Okay. Anybody been hoping and praying that something happened for the last two to three years, wishing and hoping that it happened? Okay. All right, we all have desires. I really want a boyfriend. I really want a girlfriend, right? We all have desires. I really wanna be able to work in my gifts and my callings and my passions and my talents. I wanna be able to find a job that's able to do that. I just really put in all this time in school and I really wanna be able to find a situation that works out for me so I have the best situation, best career. I really want clarity. I want, I want, I want. But what do we do what do we do when our desires is different from God's will? What do we do when our desires are different from God's will? And this is why I want to look at Luke 22. So we're going to look at Luke 22, verse 42. And just to kind of set this up, um, I want to give a little context about the verse. So this is Jesus that we're talking about. This is Jesus, born in a major, lived this perfect life, did ministry, had miracles, and um, did, did miracles, did all of these things, and he got to this point where he's about to be crucified, right? And he's on the Mount Olives where he usually goes to pray, and um, yes, he's on Mount Olives where he usually goes to pray, and this is his prayer to God. Verse 42, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. 
Yet, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. And I want to focus on the first part of this verse. And um, the first thing I want you to notice is his vulnerability, right? So this kind of bugged me out. I'm just like, okay, Jesus is about to go to the cross. Jesus is about to not just go to the cross, but take on the sins of the world. Um, He's about to get crushed by God. And um, he prays, Father, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. I just found it odd that he didn't say, Father, if you are willing, strengthen me that I might take this cup, right? I thought that was kind of odd. Like, I, and maybe I thought that was kind of odd because I, that's how I kind of handle my situations. I feel like sometimes, I remember I was in a real toxic environment um, at a job a few years ago, and it was just like, you know, people would ask me like, hey, how can we be praying for you? How can we be praying for you? I just to pray that the Lord strengthens me that I might be able to deal with them, right? It, it, it's just so, but what I really wanted to say is, uh, <laughs> Father, if you are willing, get them out of here. Get them out of here. Like, that's what I really wanted to say. But like, I wasn't being vulnerable with God. So the first thing that I want us to realize that if we want to pattern our lives after Jesus, we have to learn to be vulnerable with God. If we want to pattern our lives after Jesus, we have to learn to be vulnerable with God. Wait right there. It gets better. All right. Second thing I want us to notice is his posture, right? He says, Father, if you are willing... Now, now, for you, I, I, I don't know, but for me, this, this sticks out to me. This is Jesus we're talking about. We're talking about the son talking to the father. We're talking about one of the closest relationships that they have. And he says, Father, if you are willing. If I was talking to my dad and I was in a situation where I was jammed up, I was like, Pops, do it. Right? I ain't, like, I ain't even, I'm going to lean on that relationship. I'm going to re- lean on that relational capital. I ain't even finna talk. I'm like, that's it. That's it. And essentially, I, I think that's so crazy because I think of the girl from Willy Wonka, right? I think of the girl from Willy Wonka, right? And it's just like her and her dad, her, her and her father's relationship was like, Daddy, I want a golden egg, right? And he's just like, we'll get you a golden egg. I want it now, right? I, I think of that and I'm just like, and that, that dynamic to me is just so amazing. And I think the second point, second point that I want you guys to write down is that relationships make requests, not demands. All right? Relationships make requests, not demands. So Jesus finds himself at this situation. Jesus finds himself where he says, "Um, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. So what does Jesus do when his desires are different than God? Because we know ultimately Jesus went to the cross and he died and he was resurrected. So what, what did Jesus do when his desires were different to God? What did Jesus do when his desires was different from God's will? He submitted, all right? Which brings me to my big idea. If you guys don't get anything out of tonight, this is what I want you to get. I want this to be etched in the recesses of your brain for the rest of your life. Sometimes God says no. Sometimes God says no. And I know that's hard. I know some of you may be already thinking of all the times God kind of, you felt like God shut a door or there was this opportunity that you really wanted and it didn't pan out. And I know that's hard. So I want to empathize with you guys. I want to empathize with you guys, but I want you to understand that sometimes God says, no, I don't want you at that job. Sometimes God says, no, you're going to be married at 36. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. 
sometimes God says, I know that you're in a relationship with that guy that's not saved and you think that you could pray for him to get him saved, but he's not going to be saved now, so no. Ooh, I'm in your business. All right, let me, let me get out. I'm, a, I'm in your business. I'm in your business. Yeah, that's not why they brought me here table. Let me, <laughs> Bree, let me, okay. Let, let me fix myself. That's not why they brought me here. Okay, so, but I want you to know that we serve a God um, that says all things come together for the good of his people, right? We serve a God that knows that we can only be fulfilled by him. He knows our desires. He knows that he's the only one that can fill our desires, right? So I want you to take, take heart in that. And I think C.S. Lewis once said, we are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. All right? So sometimes God says no. And if this is true, how do we respond? What do we do after God says no? What do we do after God says no? And this, my friends, you're going to understand this, but I have to give an illustration about a rip current. And you're going to understand this, but before that, I'm going to tell a story um, to kind of set us up. Okay, y'all still with me? All right. I have a confession to make. I don't know how to swim. <laughs> no idea how to swim. Now I know some of y'all are looking at me and judging me by the color of my skin, but I am not <laughs> going to. I am not going to feel judged by that. I don't know how to swim. So let me tell you why I don't know how to swim. So back in Connecticut where I grew up, there wasn't really opportunities to swim. There was a lake here. There was a, there was a um, I don't even know if it was a beach like in New York, but like Jones Beach in New York, but like there was nothing in the vicinity. So if we wanted to swim, we had to go to a club. We had to go to YMCA or something. So one day my friend calls me and says, hey Josh, um, I'm, going to the, I'm going to the Y. Um, my mom's bringing me to the Y. You wanna come swimming? I said, hey, cool, all right. Let me just let my dad know. I let my dad know, hey pops, I'm going swimming, I'm going to the Y, I'm gonna go swim. And he's just, <laughs> he's just like, okay, why? So you can drown? <laughs> what? I'm, I was like, no, no, that, that's not how that works. I don't voluntarily want to drown. Like that may happen, but no, I just wanted to kind of go to hang out. And he's just like, why? So you could get pulled into the ocean? No, no, dad, it's the why. It's not the ocean, dad. Like I'm not, I'm not gonna get pulled out. But I realized when I grew up what he was talking about was a rip current, right? What is a rip current? A rip current are powerful, narrow channels of fast moving water. So essentially a rip current um, essentially is, is a narrow path of water that kind of moves quickly away from the shore. So essentially what happens in rip current, I, so I started doing research and I realized that um, in the last three years they did a poll and in, in the last 25 years in Florida, this is not a joke, this is a fact, in the last 25 years in Florida, more people have died from um, rip currents than they have from hurricanes and tornadoes combined. So I said, oh, that's what you was talking about. Okay, like, you, okay, I see what you was talking about. Like, so essentially what happens in the rip current is you're swimming, you're swimming, don't mind my motions, I don't really know how to swim. You see, you clowning me, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. You're swimming, this is how I imagine you swim. You're swimming, and um, essentially you realize that you're so, by the time you look back, you realize that you're way farther than where you actually started. And what do most people do in that moment? They panic. Right? They panic, right? And the first thing they try to do is they try to get back, so they start swimming. They start swimming, and they're swimming, but they're swimming against the current. Right? They're swimming against the current. And they're swimming, and they're swimming, and they're swimming, and then they're fatigued, and then, unfortunately, 
they die. And I'm not trying to make light of the situation. I just want to try to make an analogy of this. But sometimes in life, we will have rip currents. Oh, John, they're not hearing me. I said sometimes in life, we will have rip currents, right? We're going to be, we're, we're going to have this desire. We're going to set off on this trail and we're going to be swimming and we're going to swim and we're going to be swimming. And then one day we're going to look up and we're like, wait a minute. Like I am way far off than what I, where I thought I was going to be. And what do we, what do we immediately do? We panic. We panic, and then what do we try to do? No, let me get back to, it's supposed to be like this. I know I'm supposed to be married by 23, but I'm 28, and uh, I'm not getting them years back. We start fighting against it, right? So what is the proper thing to do in a rip current? I'm gonna save some of y'all lives. I'm not finna be in the water, but I'm gonna save some of y'all lives. I won't have this issue. Uh, what do you do when you're caught in a rip current? So essentially, this one bugged me out. Essentially, what they want you to do <laughs> when you're caught in a rip current is to float. What? It's just to allow it to take you where it's going, right? And as you float, what you don't realize is that the farther we get away from shore, the less stronger the rip currents are. So the farther we get away from shore, the less stronger it is. Now you swim parallel to the shore, and then now you go with the current. In life, when we're caught in a rip current, do not fight against the current. Do not fight against the current. Do not fight against the current. I have to say it three times because I said that's how y'all remember it. Do not fight against the currents. Like, Allow the current to take you where it is. Stop, observe, see where you're going, see what your new normal is, see what your new reality is. And once you've got far enough and once you've observed, find a path that where you can go, go with the grace, go with the, go with the current. Don't fight against the current. So I have three questions to help us navigate um, when God says no. Three questions that I want you guys to ask yourself when God says no. Are y'all with me? Yeah. Y'all try it with me. Okay. All right, just making sure. Whew. Question, question number one, where am I now? Right? I want you to ask yourself, where am I now? So two years ago when I came down here, like I said, I had this idea of what life was supposed to be like. Right? And Dallas Willard kind of says that reality is what you run into when you're wrong. Right? And that's what happened to me. I was completely wrong. So when I turned, I turned 29 a few months ago, and when I turned 29, especially on my birthday, on the weekend that I turned 29, I kind of just took a day to myself, and I just sat there and I just reflect. And I was just like, okay, God, where am I now? I know what I wanted to see. I know what I wanted to be. I know where I wanted to end up, but where am I now? And I kind of took stock in that moment. And that might look different for some of y'all. Some of y'all might like to journal. Some of y'all might like to climb mountains. I don't know why. Some of y'all might like to um, <laughs> camp. I don't, <laughs> whew, I'm gonna leave that alone. Um, some of y'all might like to do things in different ways. Some of y'all might like to do things in different ways and that's okay, but we have to figure out where am I now, second question that I want you to ask yourself, what do I need to grieve? Now, this one was the toughest one for me. Even as I was writing this, I was just like, okay, I'm struggling with this because I feel like I'm still struggling with how to properly grieve all the work that I put in into this desire, all the work that I've been trying to do. Um, 
what does it look like for me to grieve? So, the, so a few months ago, my, I had a, my cousin was over my place and we were kind of going through some stuff and I was just kind of showing him like a few of my business plans and um, I have this one book where like, <laughs> I'm a little weird. I have this one book where like I've tracked like all my expenses for the last like eight years. So like on October 13th, uh, 2013, you can see that Joshua went to McDonald's and spent 5.56. I'm just a little weird. But essentially what I wanted to do was be, be a great steward of what God has given me. I felt like I came into an opportunity I was making money that I, I, I was just like, man, I didn't even, I barely graduated high school. I'm not supposed to be here. So I'm just like, yo, let me try to set this up the best way that I can. So essentially he's looking at all the things that I have. And he's just like, Josh, why do you think that you haven't got to where you're trying to go? And I'm just like, that's a great question. I'm like, I've been asking God this the whole time. Like, all right, I'm over here. I got business plans. I got the, I got the expenses tracked. I'm, um, I'm going to church. I'm not sleeping around. I ain't nobody's baby daddy. I ain't in the clubs. I ain't drinking. Like, what? I, I don't get what it, what it is. And, and a few months later, what I realized was not only did I need to grieve what I was losing, which was rap, but what I had to grieve was entitlement. Right? I had to grieve entitlement. I thought because I did things a certain type of way that and that therefore entitled me to what I wanted. All right? Well, God, I stopped sleeping around and you know, and you said you provide for me, but I don't have a girlfriend. That's nobody in this room. Let me get out y'all business again. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Woo-hoo, a little too far. Um, the last question that I want to address is where do I need to go? And I think Isaac did a good job of kind of talking about this last week as far as like taking that next natural step. What is the next step that you can do? What is the next baby step that you can do? Where do I need to go? And I think that for me, when I was back in Connecticut, it came to a point where I was, before I came out here, I was between either going to Florida or going to California. And I was just like, you know what? I want to do video. I want to do music. I want to be full-time in music, but I didn't know where to go. And then I had this, so I had this desire. And then essentially my parents, the reason why I came out here is because my parents were looking to retire out here and they had bought a place, but they couldn't retire yet. So they were just like, hey, we kind of want somebody to be in the house. And at that point I was working freelance video and I said, listen, guys, listen, I, I got all this going on, but I'm gonna be the great son that I am and I, I'll go down there and live in free housing for, uh, for a few months, you know? I, I'll go down, just like Joshua in the promised land, I'll go down and survey the land, make sure everything's all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's essentially how I got down here. But what I'm saying is I could have went to California, but I kind of would have been swimming against the current. I didn't know nobody out there. I didn't have no job set up out there. I didn't have no housing set up out there. So I could have, but I felt like as I discerned that maybe, maybe there's grace here. Maybe there's grace here. So, so as we navigate where do we need to go, we have to look at the places where we feel like God is providing us opportunities. And the last thing I want you to know about that is that we must be willing to advance without answers. We must be willing to advance without answers because the toughest thing for me, I feel like I was stuck in the grieving stage for a long time. And the reason why I didn't want to leave the grieving stage is because I'm just like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I did this, 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 this. I did it to a T. Why does this not make sense? And I did not want to leave grieving to continue on to what's next until it made sense. Brees in there like, yeah, he, yeah, that's Josh, that's, that's really Josh, right? And I had to come to a point where I was just like, you know what? I have to trust that I may not understand it now. I may not understand it in the future, 
but this is what God has for me. This is the plan that God has for me because the Bible says many plans are in a man's heart, but God guides his steps. So you have to be moving for him to guide you, all right? So essentially, I want you to remember three things. Where am I now? What do I need to grieve? And where do I need to go? And I want to end on this story as Lucas comes up. Um, yes, I want to end on the story. So this past weekend, I have, I'm having a conversation with a buddy of mine, and essentially, I'm talking, I'm just like, hey, man, like, yeah, like, I just got engaged, and, um, and yeah, I've been down in Florida for about two years or so, and, and, and this is just, it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. And he's just like, man, Josh, like, listen, seriously, it's been, he, so he knew me, like, literally since I was born. Like, he's like 10 years older than me. He's like a brother to me, though. And he was just like, man, like, even though I knew, like, things were navigating and you were kind of thinking about this, it's so cre- crazy to see how far your life has come. Um, just crazy to see that you're engaged, crazy to see that you're, you're down in an environment where you have community and, you, and you're being um, a friend and you're, you're, you're communing with people one-on-one and then you're being developed as a leader and you're having opportunities to speak and do this and do that. And um, I felt like he didn't say this directly, but essentially what I felt like he was saying was like, wow, God, wow, wow, Josh. Um, you went to Florida with desire to, to make a living and God gave you a life. Right? So what I want to tell you on this side of things is I'm content, right? I'm content. But there are still times where it's just like, man, like I get frustrated. I'm just like, God, like I, I, it, it, it's irritating that I can't understand it. But there is contentment on the other side of the no. There is contentment on the other side of the rip current. Because I know that ultimately I serve a God that is for me. So any plan that I might have or think that I might have that's gonna make me happy can't be better than the plan that God has for me. The moment I say, God, I want rap more than I want you, I'm essentially saying, God, you don't know what makes me happy. God, I want to be married by the time I'm 26 because you, you obviously aren't the real source of my joy, right? So it's just like understanding that God has a, God's plan is better for us than we might see. It may be harder for us, but in the long run, it is better for us. And my my one wish, I, I constantly think about this, is just like, what would it look like for all of us to pattern our prayer life after Jesus? God, Father, I pray that my family sees me successful, but Father, I pray that I get that job where I feel like I have ultimate contentment and, 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 and I feel like I'm using all of my gifts and talents. Father, I pray that I get into ministry full-time. Father, Father, Father. But just like Jesus said, nevertheless, your will, not my will, be done. Let me pray for us. Father God, I just thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for being, being able to speak in front of your people, God. Um, I pray that some of these words may resonate even if it's on one person's heart, God, and, and that might be able to move them through, God. I, 
It's, it's things that I don't completely understand within my story. I know there's things out there that people probably don't understand within their story, God, but I pray that you give them um, the grace to trust you and to understand that your plan is better than ours, God. You are, you are the potter, God. We are the clay. And I pray that you just continue to mold us into what it is that you need us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.